Hey, Tenors. In today's special episode, we're talking about gun violence and gun laws. It's really important that you listen to this one with a grown-up. So grab them and we'll be here when you're ready. In the past couple of weeks, there have been two mass shootings in the news you may have heard about. One at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, and another at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. When things like this happen, you may have questions like, why did the shooter do this? How did this person have access to a gun? And why aren't we able to prevent it from happening again? In today's special episode of The 10 News, we're discussing gun violence in America and meeting two people who are working to reform gun safety laws and spread gun safety education in order to keep kids and all people safer in the U.S. I'm Bethany Van Delft. It's May 26th, and this is The 10 News. 9-8-7-6-5-4-3-2-1 When discussing guns and gun laws in the U.S., lots of different terms are used. So, we're going to go over some of the terms you'll hear here and in other places. Okay. We say gun violence, but what does that mean? When we're using it here, we mean people hurting others with guns, either on purpose or accidentally. Gun control. This is used to describe legislation that would limit people's access to guns. Gun safety advocates, people who work to pass gun safety legislation, prefer to use the term gun safety or gun sense to refer to their efforts. The Second Amendment. This is an amendment in the Constitution that pro-gun groups point to as giving them the right to own and carry guns. The amendment added to the U.S. Constitution in 1791 says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. A militia is an army made up of regular citizens, not trained soldiers. And for many years, it was argued whether or not this covered individuals' gun rights. And in 2008, the Supreme Court addressed a case that involved the Second Amendment and voted five to four that the amendment allows U.S. citizens to have a gun at home for self-defense. Many constitutional historians disagree with that decision. Lobbying. It's something people and groups do. To lobby is to attempt to influence the decisions of the government. The name comes from the location where it first started, the lobby of the government buildings. Lobbyists are people whose job is to influence the decisions of lawmakers. Lobbying is protected under the First Amendment because it's considered a petition to the government. But it's also regulated and reported so that we as citizens can see which lobbyists gave money or gifts to lawmakers in exchange for voting a certain way. There's a lot of discussion around how much money is spent by pro-gun groups on their efforts to lobby members of Congress. NRA. This stands for the National Rifle Association. This group of gun enthusiasts was founded in 1871 as a sports club. In recent decades, the NRA has fought hard to stop any laws that limit gun ownership. For example, when the U.S. Center for Disease Control, or CDC, did research and discovered that having a gun at home makes gun deaths more likely, the NRA lobbied Congress to ban the CDC from doing any research about guns. And they were successful. The CDC isn't allowed to research how guns affect our health. When it comes to gun legislation, two important terms to know are background checks and red flag laws. Background checks are checks that happen when anyone tries to buy a gun at a federally licensed dealer. 
The buyer's name is looked up in a national database that is managed by the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The database notes if they've committed certain crimes, are in trouble with the law, or have an issue that restricts them from owning a gun. The FBI will investigate and decide whether that person can buy a gun. These checks are not required everywhere. Gun shows and buying privately from another person are exempt from this law. And lastly, red flag laws, which are very important. They're laws that allow loved ones, teachers, or healthcare providers to ask the courts to take a person's gun away if they're concerned they might hurt themselves or others. But that process can take a long time. Of course, the bad news makes the headlines, but just know there are people out there making good news by engaging communities and legislators around gun safety laws and actions. A few months ago, correspondent Pamela Kirkland sat down with Shannon Watts, founder of Moms Demand Action, a group dedicated to gun safety education and reform, and youth activist Michaela Jordan, one of the student group chapter leaders. Shannon, I wanted to start with you to ask, what inspired you to start Moms Demand Action? Yeah, I am a a mom of five, and I was really spurred to action after a school mass shooting in Newtown, Connecticut. It was called Sandy Hook School, and I had never been involved at all in any kind of activism, and I have never been personally impacted by gun violence, but you know, I was really afraid that my kids weren't safe in their schools. I now know, almost nine years later, that mass shootings and school shootings are really a very small amount of the gun violence in this country. It's really everyday gun violence. But that was how I got off the sidelines and got involved. And and today, Moms Demand Action, along with Students Demand Action, uh, we're the largest grassroots movement in the country. We have over 8 million supporters And volunteers like me who wake up every day and and work on this issue uh, electorally, legislatively, culturally to try to save lives. Michaela, to you, what inspired you to start a chapter of Students Demand Action in your hometown of Birmingham? Here in Birmingham in 2018, a girl named Cortland Arrington unfortunately was accidentally killed in class, uh, in between class change. And... That really made me angry when leaders came out and showed their thought, gave thoughts and prayers, and we really like got nothing. Uh, there's no change. There's no outrage on the national level. People, I feel like a lot of students were angry and a lot of mothers are angry, and yeah. So that's what I really when I really got involved in my sophomore year of high school in 2018. Um, and now we've grown so much. Um, we now have the Alabama Virtual Field Office is where we connect with students all across Alabama and we work together to end gun violence as Alabama is the third highest state with the, uh, the highest amount of gun deaths in the nation. What's it been like to see the response to your group in Birmingham? Um, it's honestly really surprising. <laughs> Uh, we get a lot of support from a lot of Birmingham moms, especially. They're so energetic and like happy that students are 
coming forward and helping out with this issue because they had already been working so like deeply in Birmingham and Alabama in general. Um, but also with my local legislators, uh, recently, or this summer really, we hold, held a peace rally for Wear Orange, uh, which is the National Gun Violence Awareness Day. And we got to talk to a lot of local legislators and tell them our opinions, tell them how we feel unsafe, not only in schools, but in our communities, because we're not just students, we're kids. And a lot of us grow up in these uh, inner city areas with a lot of gun violence. So, yeah. Shannon, I want to talk about what Michaela just said about gun violence. Compared to other countries, why are there more shootings in the U.S. than anywhere else? What makes America so much different is that we actually give children easy access to firearms in this country. We know about 5.4 million children live in homes with unsecured guns, meaning they're not locked, they're loaded, um, and they're easily accessible. Most school shooters in this country are students, over 90% of them, and over 80% of them have easy access to guns in their homes. The other thing we know is that in about 100% of the cases we've looked at, there have been some kind of a red flag or a warning sign beforehand that was ignored. So there are a few things that we can do to address these issues and make our schools safer. First of all, something called the red flag law, which we've now passed in 19 states. It allows families or police to get a temporary restraining order from a judge to disarm someone who seems to be a risk to themselves or others until they can figure out whether there's a threat. Um, And so these laws are incredibly important, and we're working to pass these in legislatures across the country. The other thing, secure storage, um, only 23 states currently require adult gun owners to responsibly store their firearms, which is a real issue. Um, And so we are trying to pass these laws, but also we work to pass resolutions through school boards that require notification to families that say, here's how to securely store your firearms if you're a gun owner. And just generally, you know, making sure that we tell kids, if you see something, say something, um, and make sure adults are aware if there's a potential threat. Those are some very common sense measures that we can take to address school shootings in this country. And Shannon, how can parents talk to their kids about gun violence in schools? Are there any good resources that you would maybe direct them to? Well, you know, if you go to besmartforkids.org, we talk a little bit about how to talk to kids and adults about secure gun storage. Um, You can also go to momstomanaction.org for more information. Uh, I talk a lot about this in my book, Fight Like a Mother, and all the proceeds go to gun violence prevention organizations. I have a whole chapter on on talking uh, to your kids about this issue. But I think this question brings up an important point, which is a lot of times these conversations come up around lockdown drills. Um, There's data that shows that lockdown drills cause depression, anxiety, worsening school performance, even sleeplessness uh, among students, parents, and teachers. So we have some guidelines, and again, these are on momsdemandaction.org, about how we think that school drills should be conducted. For example, we think families should always have a heads up before they happen. They shouldn't be a surprise. And that also gives parents an opportunity to opt out if, kid, if they don't want their children to participate. Um, but they should also never simulate gun violence. Uh, just like if we have a fire drill, we don't set a fire in the hallway. We shouldn't be having the sound of gunshots or playing videos of, of people who've been through school shootings. Shannon, we could talk about the statistics, but we know gun violence in schools is unfortunately happening 
more frequently than ever before. Um, but there's also an overwhelming majority of Americans who care about preventing gun violence. What do you think is blocking change from happening in terms of legislation and lawmaking? Well, I think it feels like there's not a lot being done if you're only looking at the U.S. Senate, right? We know um, that the the House has put forward legislation that would save lives, things that would like closing the background check loophole, disarming domestic abusers, um, and just generally closing loopholes that make us more vulnerable. The House has done its job. It's the U.S. Senate that hasn't acted. However, the Biden-Harris administration has done more on this issue than any administration in history through executive action um, and also through funding. But if you're looking at, at, at work on the ground, if you're looking at the momentum that we're building in city councils and school boards and state houses, a, a lot has been done and a lot has been accomplished. And in fact, you know, we don't just play offense, we play defense. And we've beaten the NRA year after year for the last six years uh, in state houses all across the country, 90% of the time we've stopped their agenda. And when you look at that momentum that we're building on the ground, all the work that's being done day in and day out, um, you really do realize that we've made so much progress in, in less than a decade. Yeah. And looking at that momentum, do you feel like that could eventually push change? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the again, the work that, that you do on the ground is, is really how any social issue happens in this country. Um, if you look at anything from the civil rights movement to suffrage to child labor laws, drunk driving, all the way up to the water crisis in Flint, Michigan, these are, are social justice movements that take years, if not decades, to accomplish. Our system is set up for um, incrementalism, and it, it can be incredibly frustrating, but it's what leads to revolutions. You know, activism is like drips on a rock, and you have to show up over and over and over again. And when you lose, you still have to show up over and over and over again. And that's really how you force change in this country. I think if I've learned anything in the last decade, it's that Congress is not where this work begins, it's where it ends. And so what is gun sense in America? What what does that mean as part of the mission of Moms Demand Action and Students Demand Action? Gun sense is really just a, a way to say common sense. It means that we can all be doing more to protect our families and our communities from gun violence. And it's really up to everyday average citizens to make sure that our lawmakers are doing what we say and not what gun lobbyists say. Thank you both so, so much. You know, it's a really tough topic, but appreciate you both taking the time. Pamela recorded this segment with Shannon and Michaela a few months ago, but yesterday she reconnected with Michaela to follow up on the recent shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Let's go back to Pamela and Michaela. When things like this happen, it can feel really scary just as a student and just as a kid. How did you deal with those feelings? I think personally when things like this happen, I have to take time for myself. Shut off electronics. I became very overwhelmed, so I had to make sure to put my phone down, um, take some time for myself to meditate, <laughs> um, just so I can like overcome this and think about the work that I'm doing today. Um, what are we going to do to combat this? How are we going to call on our legislators to um, take action? And like, what else in their like movement? Like, what do we need to do next? What are some strategies you use to 
make sure you know what's going on, but at the same time, like you said, you're not feeling overwhelmed by all of this information that's coming in. Personally, I like to make sure I'm using trusted sources when I'm looking at this new heart-wrenching information. <laughs> um, so making sure you have trusted sources will also will give you a clarity of mind, but also put your phone down. <laughs> um, it's scary and it's okay for it to be scary, um, but it's also okay to take a, take a break from that consumption, that media consumption, so yeah. When sad things happen, my, I'll call him my childhood friend, uh, Mr. Rogers used to say, look for the helpers and you can always find people who are helping. And you're one of those helpers. It's people like you who are working to prevent things like this from happening again. What are some of the positive things you look for when things like this happen? Uh, like you're saying, I definitely look for the helpers. <laughs> Looking towards like my other organizers, um, in our like in our advisory board group, we share how we're feeling about the things that happened. So yesterday, I think each one of us shared like a little bit, like blurb of like our feelings, how we were in that moment. Um, it's okay to lean on your peers. <laughs> it's okay to talk about things that like happen like this. Um, don't keep it bottled up because then you just don't know how to react. Um, so yeah, definitely lean on your parents, your friends, um, your teachers and things like this. And I feel like to have a community like understanding of like stuff like this is actually very beneficial to like yourself and um, having like clarity in these type of situations. Yeah. And any advice for kids who maybe are a little nervous about going to school? You hear about something like this happening and, you know, you you get scared. School is one of the best places for you to be safe. So uh, I always lean back on that, even though we see these type of shoot mass shootings happen. Um, they account for only 1% of gun violence. So I still continue to assert and believe that school is the safest option for you. Yeah, it can just seem with the news and images that you see and things you hear about that Maybe it's not, but like you said, it's still one of the safest places you can be. And it is a rare occurrence, even though we feel like we hear about it so, so often. But Michaela, thank you so much for spending some time with us today on The 10. Thank you, Pamela. And so much gratitude from The 10 News to Shannon and Michaela for all that they're doing to spread gun sense. If you're looking for a way to show your support for putting an end to gun violence, June 3rd through the 5th, you can wear orange during National Gun Violence Awareness Day and Wear Orange Weekend. More information can be found at weareorange.org. That's all the time we have for today. If you have questions or feelings that you want to talk about, please go to your trusted grown-ups. We've also included resources in the show notes to help continue the conversation. Here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust? You need Shopify for retail. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. 
Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Shopify's sleek, reliable POS hardware takes every major payment method and looks fabulous at the same time. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lifestyle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lifestyle to take your retail business to the next level today. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a storytime podcast with your littles? Something that has some great storytelling and maybe some conversation about it? Look no further. With Storytime with Philip and Mommy, my little guy Philip and I sit down every single day and read a story together. And we, of course, want you to join us. Grab your copy of the book, sit down, let's read it, and let's talk about it. We'll learn new words, we'll learn new ideas, and then we'll learn how we can use those stories in our lives. It's a lot of fun. Classics like Little Golden Books or Bernstein Bears, all the way up through the newest phenomenons like Bluey. We talk about them and we have a lot of laughs. It's a great time and we hope that you can come and join us. So please look for us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Storytime with Philip and Mommy. Thanks so much. We'll see you there. If you can't take the heat, it may be time for some cool clothing. The only way to play it cool this summer is in brand new Tommy John's. When you wear Tommy John, you're that much cooler, so you can do everything better thanks to breathable, lightweight fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. With dozens of comfort innovations, Tommy John makes you look super hot while feeling super cool. From lounging at home to summertime fun. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers, they have fanatics. With over 17 million pairs sold, people love Tommy John underwear and loungewear. I love wearing my Tommy John loungewear because it feels great after a long day. You should get Tommy John too. Plus, you're always covered with their best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. So shop TommyJohn.com slash T-E-N-N-E-W-S now for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash 10 news for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com slash 10 news. See site for details. Thanks for listening to the 10 News. Look out for our new episodes on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and extras on Saturdays. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcasts and is distributed by iHeartRadio. The 10 News creative team is discussing gun sense with their families and includes Tracy Crooks, Pete Musto, Ryan Willard, Adam Bernard, and Tessa Flannery. Pamela Kirkland contributed to this episode. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan. I'm Bethany Van Delft, and thanks for listening to the 10 News. This podcast has been named a Common Sense Selection by Common Sense Media, recognized for its outstanding content for kids and families. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. 
Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.